Hi, and welcome to the Fix Your Sex Podcast, where we talk all things sex. I am your host, Amina, and I'm a sacred sex coach, tantric body worker, sex doula, and all-around sexual revolutionary. I am here to share my thoughts and hot takes on how and why we are still having bad sex in the 21st century and providing solutions and tips for great sex for the rest of your lives. Disclaimer, this podcast is for grown-ups and there are sensitive topics being discussed. If you are under 18 or if conversations about sex and the usage of profanity bother you, you might want to fucking leave because here we go. This episode of the Fix Your Sex Podcast is brought to you by Miss Indigo Blues Academy of Burlesque, where sexy is fun. Visit them at www.academyofburlesque.com. On today's show, I'm going to talk about solo pleasure journeys, reclaiming sexual language, and creating sexual communities. If at the end of all that, I have some extra time, we'll cover some questions that have been asked from my online audience. But before we do all that, how about our pro ho tip? Today's pro ho tip is brought to you by Tantra Blue. Find, follow, and learn more about Tantra Blue and her journey of sexual exploration on her Instagram page at Tantra Blue. The pro ho tip is boundaries. Boundaries make sex better. Whether you're getting paid for fucking or not, it will always feel better when you honor your desires. The only way to honor your desires, of course, is to identify them. You got to be able to point to them in order to honor them. Then you build some fucking barbed wire boundaries around them. If you need help building a fortress of boundaries or even just setting a couple of them, let's set up a meeting of the minds and get that blueprint down. Anyway, that's today's pro ho tip brought to you by Tantra Blue. Follow her on the Instagram, as Ty Shaw would say, at Tantra Blue. That's T-A-N-T-R-A, blue like the color. And tell her thank you for sponsoring. People like her help hoes like you fix your sex. So let's get started with the solo pleasure journeys. I asked this question to my students and clients alike. And now I'm asking you, what does your pleasure look like? I want you to really think about that question. Over the past couple of weeks, I've been presented with a host of new clients, some of whom have come to me after attending a workshop and discovering how much pleasure was missing from their existence. Um, Some of whom have been around for a while and just discovered me some other way. Either way, all of them have one thing in common, and that's just that they, they don't they hadn't thought about it before. How many of us are going through life not thinking about something as simple yet as fundamental as pleasure? The pleasure principle is not just my favorite Janet Jackson song. I do still know all the dance moves from the video, but I digress. Um, it's it's actually a real thing, and according to the dictionary. And I always put a caveat when I say that in conversation because when I say according to the dictionary, trust me, shit's just getting real. I want to make sure you know what the words mean because we oftentimes use language not really knowing what the fuck we're talking about. We just have an association with the word, which is colloquial, but it's not universal. Universally, the word principle 
um, is defined as a fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of belief, hello, pleasure, or behavior, also pleasure, um, or for a chain of reasoning. Hmm. Um, that is not like an info commercial, but, but wait, there's more. There's actually a definition for the pleasure principle. And to some of you, it may be psychobabble, but it's a real, it still counts. Okay. Um, the pleasure principle is defined as the instinctive drive, instinctive drive to seek pleasure and avoid pain expressed by the id as a basic function or basic motivating force, which reduces psychic tension. Scientifically, it's necessary to establish your pleasure, pleasure principle. So what is yours? What's your pleasure principle? Because I'm worried. I'm worried about you. I'm worried about collectively um, all of us sexual folks and that we, we don't really know what our fundamental truth is about our pleasure. We don't have um, a, a landmark in this instinctive drive, right? Your drive indicates that you're going somewhere and we don't know where that is for many of us. I, at the end of the day, what brings you joy with your pleasure principle is as much the answer to the question, who are you as anything else is. So a solo pleasure journey, or maybe we shouldn't call it a journey. Maybe we should call it an exploration. It helps you to answer um, what seems like a basic question, right? What is your pleasure? So it's time for us to embark on these on these explorational journeys. It's time for us to start out on a journey where we explore, learn, and figure out what it is that we need, that we desire. This is going to mean getting rid of some shit. We're going to have to get rid of things. And some of these things can be as small as an old vibrator that we've been just focusing on our clit with forever. Um, but we it doesn't give us a full body orgasm or make us even orgasm internally. It's just stimulation of the nerve endings that are exposed underneath the clitoral hood. But sometimes it can be as big as a lover that may stimulate your desire for security and provide that, but doesn't really bring you pleasure in any other way. This means learning how to feel good. This means exploring our bodies and taking some time to touch ourselves, to come into a love-making ritual with ourselves, um, and to get to know better what brings us to a state of bliss. One of my students has a pleasure timer now to remind her to touch herself every hour on the hour. It's really important that you have some sort of way to stimulate that muscle memory about pleasure because it's very clear to recognize what doesn't bring you joy if you're already living a life that's full of joy that's full of pleasure and so when we're not doing the work to bring ourselves pleasure on a regular and somewhat regimented basis we have no way really of processing all of the shit we take in and sorting that out And realizing 
what's not allowing us to be in a state of bliss. 87 years. That's the average for you to live here on this planet. 20 of that was high school and college, maybe 22. um, Or school and college, not just high school. Hopefully you were in high school for 22 years. But at the end of all that, you start moving into your life life. The real part of living. Where are you in your pleasure journey? When do you stop doing stuff? And we all stop. We all stop because we start conforming. We start doing things that don't bring us pleasure. We start doing things that are not designed to bring us pleasure. They're designed to make us look like we're enjoying ourselves. Clothing, cars, um, the respectability uh, politics of marriage and and body counts and shit like that. That are just designed to make us feel like, okay, you're doing it right. Everybody's looking at you and thinking you feel good. And then we have a nation of Zoloft and, and people that are not happy. People that don't know what pleasure is. So it's important that we bring pleasure back. And yes, I do realize that sex is not the only way to bring pleasure back into your lives before I get one of those emails. But this isn't the Fix Your Everything Else in Life podcast. So we're talking about sexual pleasure. Because we're sexual beings and it's such an important part of our existence for those of us. And even if you're ace, if you're asexual, your sexual existence is not negated by your desire to not have sexual intercourse. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But we're going to stop there um, because I want you to realize that this also means learning how to communicate your pleasure. We are so much more comfortable in pain or being uncomfortable. We're used to it. And we get comfortable in a space where things are normal. And being uncomfortable has become the fucking norm. Many of us are a little bit more comfortable communicating what doesn't feel good. But most of us have no ability to communicate what feels amazing. And it's mostly just like mostly likely because we don't know what even feels good in the first place. We live in a society that tells us sex is dirty, sinful, um, shameful, that we shouldn't talk about sex, and then we end up with pleasure guilt. Lovers don't communicate their sexual desires. Lovers don't talk about what they think will bring them pleasure. They don't get to explore that. So changing that whole paradigm is important. Listen, Linda, harmony is created through communication. Bliss is created through communication. What are you afraid of communicating? You want to fix your sex. One of the things that you can do, one of the easiest things that you can do is start working on visualization and meditation techniques that help you, that focus on the expression of your desire. Visualize yourself communicating your desire. Visualize yourself expressing what pleasure looks like to you. Say the words, feel them come out of your mouth, smell what's going on around you when you're in a space that you can say that at. What are the colors that are being presented? Who's there in the room that you feel safe around expressing that? Visualization techniques work and they fix your sex quicker than anything else. 
So figure out what you need to be saying, what you're supposed to be wearing, who's supposed to be in the room or what the room smells like, what you're eating, what food's available, what you're drinking, the, the colors, the scents, the fragrances, the tastes, all of your senses, pull those into alignment in your visualization, in your meditation at the very minimum and start figuring out how to communicate your pleasure. Visualize, visualize what it looks like to experience pleasure so that you know how it feels, what feels right. So when shit is not feeling good, you can run from it because you don't have a whole lot of time on this planet. And so to spend a whole lot of time not experiencing pleasure, that sounds like such a wasted fucking life. So yeah, let's take the time to figure out what feels good for us in sex and let's reclaim the sexual language that defines what sex is. I've always, and I've spoken about this before, I've always had a problem with the idea of sexual terminology, like what defines sex? Well, why do we call sex being intimate? Um... Why is sex the only, like when someone says I was intimate with that person, we automatically go to sex. Uh, it's, a, it's like a cheat sheet way to say you had sexual intercourse. That's the word that we're looking for most times. Some sort of sexual intercourse. Usually defined by some sort of penetration of the vagina. That's what we're looking for. But how, how do we... How do we define sex like that? When someone asks how many people you've had sex with, what are you supposed to count? Are you supposed to count the number of people that you've had oral sex with or the number of people that you've had penetrative sex with? What if you had performed oral sex but didn't receive oral sex? Does that count? What if you made out heavily without all your clothes on and grinded the night away like two great, wonderful, highly sexual lesbians might do in an evening? There's nothing, there's no um, oofing involved. There's no penetration. There's no fingering. There's no, none of this. Does that count? Does that only count if it's lesbians? If I take off all my clothes and hunch with a boy or a man, does that make that count as sex if it counted for lesbian sex these rules are so ridiculous right when you start working through them like how do we come up with this number is my number 1000 or is it 25 i don't fucking know we have to define what sex is outside of sexual intercourse outside of being intimate when we call sex being intimate we fuck up our whole idea of what we know about intimacy Intimacy is not solely defined by sex. There's so much more to intimacy. There's so much more to intimacy. It's so powerful. But if I say I was intimate with so-and-so, your mind goes to this place. So reframing what sexual language looks like, reframing what sex looks like, coming up with your own definition for sex as it relates to your pleasure. And this is what I was speaking about when I mentioned asexuals. The idea of sexual intercourse is what 
defines an asexual or an asexual's existence in asexuality, right? Like if sex is not that, they still crave intimacy. They still desire partnership and relationship and deserve love. And how do we put all of this in one bucket? What does that mean? How do we take that out and spread that apart so that we can experience pleasure for the rest of our lives? We can experience pleasure after menopause or after testicular cancer. We can continue because we have a thing that we do that is intimacy that is not focused on some ejaculatory response or some chasing of an orgasm, but instead on the potential of being an orgasmic being, of experiencing bliss, of crossing over into infinity. That's reclaiming the language that we have around sex. It changes what our perception is about sexual identity. It changes all of that. I am queer identified, but what does that mean if, I mean, outside of my my sexual attraction, if my sexual attraction is not based on rules around sex and sexuality or rules around sex and sexual intercourse, I'm sorry. How does that change that? So anyway, there's so much more to that. Um, Ty Shaw, who is working with us now at the Institute, has a course on pussy politics. And it's really amazing just to really listen to and rethink the way in which we're seeing pussy and how it has defined what we, how we're moving in the world, what sex looks like, what laws are being shaped and changed, all of this uh, because of pussy. And somebody tells you pussy ain't powerful. You look them in the eye and you call them a motherfucking liar because we have an entire system of oppression that's based on controlling the fucking thing. Which is why I want to create a sexual community. And I encourage you to as well. I want to break through the ideas that we have about the labels that we put on sex, how we exist amongst each other sexually. Sexual frustration is eliminated. I want to create an urban commune. And I want other people to create them. Yes, we know that Osho went off into the mountains of, was it Utah or no, somewhere out there and bought a ranch. And that's, that's, you know, that happened. There's all kind of communes like that. But the Bay Area is a special place because you see often groups of communal living as adults. And a lot of times we've shamed this because we don't, we don't really understand the true spirit of intimacy as Sobon Fusome calls it in her book, where we, um, is the spirit of intimacy is the name of the book, but she talks about our, um, you know, how we, how the community has changed and looking back at African teachings and understanding of what intimacy looked like in, in communal, in community living. And I think it's really important. That's one of the things that we're really hoping to, um, rapidly bring to the forefront with the Institute is a space where we're able to exist and as a sexual beings, understanding that sex is not 
sexual intercourse. That's a part, that's one fragment, that's one section, one, one, you know, subject of sex. But that there's so much more. That intimacy, true intimacy is all encompassing and how to move like that throughout uh, in the community. How to have a space where, um, you know, where Sapphism is is honored and, and brought back to the forefront where we're experiencing the power of femininity, the power of the divine feminine. Women are coming together and existing and, and coming back to that true essence of self, of humanity. And, and that expands out, that that's the vibration that we're moving from. And so I really want to encourage for everyone else, I don't care where you're listening to, to start trying to build, start trying to build that back. It was there before and you've lived it before in another existence. So try to bring that back into your world now. Try to be that, you know, that center tinker toy that we had growing up where all the other plugs were plugged into. Work on being that center tinker toy that people are plugging into and that community is built around because it's just that simple. Hamza Yusuf talked about circles and um, building circles and he was talking about it in the Islamic perspective, but it was never left my mind that we can build these small circles of change, right? We create, we become the center and we create these um, pukas, these holes for things to go in and connect and then the next circle outside of us that plugged into our circle is connected because someone that plugged into our circle has their own circle. And these circles expand out until eventually they cover the land. And that's the way we win. That's the way we get past all this. That's the way when we create sexual communities, um, you know, communities that uh, address our erotic selves understand, allow for expression and freedom and creativity and manifestation, focus on the power, all of that happens in the micro and then the macro. Okay, so I have a couple minutes. I really talked a lot, but really fast, I think. So we have, um, I have one question I'm going to answer today, and that's the question of semen retention. Just because after last class, there was a lot of talk um, about that. And I realized that even when I'm working with clients, there's so often I get this almost scowl on the faces of men who are being tempted or introduced into semen retention. And I understand that it sounds like it's not going to be fun. Because your whole dick function has been focused on trying to get it to spew out white fluid. I get it. I understand. I've had sex with men. I know what it looks like. I know. I can tell that, you know, your your soul kind of leaves for a moment. And it feels really, really good. But what if there's something more? In Tantra, we work a lot with sex magic. And if in my practice, I focus a lot on the power of our sexual energy and the transmutation of that sexual energy. John Maxwell Taylor um, said, how can you transmute what you haven't got if you're losing it all the time? So the idea of semen retention is just bigger than that. What is it? Two seconds. Think about it next time that you're ejaculating in the shower. How much time do you, of that? Were you doing all this work for that two seconds? What if you could expand that? And that's all it is. 
I know it doesn't sound as pleasurable as what you want to think it is. I realize that what you want to do when you want that two seconds, you're like, yeah, but it's the best two seconds of the fucking week. I get it. What if you could have the best 20 seconds or the best two minutes? Sex is fun, but you're doing all that for the ejaculation. So when you start holding that same minute, and of course, if you're trying to have a baby, please don't listen to this right now. This is not the point. Ejaculation has a biological function. It's very, very, very clear on what that is. We know. We know basic biology. We're moving beyond that. A lot of us are not trying to have babies. I have an IUD shoved inside of me. Um, and it really felt like it was shoved up there. But there's a lot of people that have, you know, we're, most of, many of us are having sex not to procreate. We're having sex because it fucking feels good. And that pleasure is our birthright. So what does that look like when it comes to ejaculation? If that's all, the, that's the highlight of your pleasure. What I'm saying is, if you start to learn and take a moment to learn something different, you will expand that pleasure beyond your wildest dreams. And so that's what we work on in, in, with sex, um, with semen retention. And I know it's hard and you're going to fail. My partner fails all the time. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Um, work towards it. It's a practice. You're not going to come from nutting every day of your life to, or every time you fuck to all of a sudden being a sexual guru that can retain semen for the rest of your life. Like this is not how any of this works. You're going, it's going to take some practice. You're going to fail. You're going to, um, it's not really failing either. You're going to learn some lessons. You're not going to retain your semen sometimes. Um, and that's okay. You just get back on the horse and you keep riding it. Pun intended. All right. Anyway, that's the only question I'm answering for this evening. If you have other questions, please do submit them to my Instagram. I try to get to them sometimes. We have a new podcast format, so please stay tuned for my roundtable, which is coming up next. Um, But that's all I have for today. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of this journey. I look forward to having you around for the next one and hopefully to meet you at a Tantra Tuesday or at one of my other events. To stay up to date on my events, please join my mailing list. You can do so on my website or on my Instagram or just start following me on Instagram. I'm at ATL Tantra. ATL like the airport code Tantra, T-A-N-T-R-A. Um, a reminder, this episode of the Fix Your Sex podcast was brought to you by our first sponsor. Thank you, Miss Indigo Blues Academy of Burlesque, where sexy is fun. Visit them at www.academyofburlesque.com and go follow them on Instagram, please. They are awesome and I'm so grateful for them. They are at Academy of Burlesque on Instagram. Wishing you pleasure, love, light, and a shit ton of orgasms. Until next time, aloha and ahuiho. Go have some great sex.